Welcome to Bitcoin Fixes This, where we explore the impact that Bitcoin will have in all aspects of society. Today's guest is Justin Resvani, founder of Zion. We talk about his journey through school, his path as an entrepreneur, and his development as a person. Learn about what he thinks it takes to be an entrepreneur and why he's so passionate about decentralized social media. Justin Razvani, how are you? Jimmy, thank you so much for having me. I'm good, brother. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming we're coming back from an intense conference. Yeah, that was pretty pretty crazy. Huh? How, what what was that like for you? It was a lot of energy. Mm. It was very different than last year because last year I went, I hadn't even launched the company yet mm -hmm. and I didn't know anybody. Like mm. I I went somehow I met the conference or they they asked me to speak, but I didn't know a single person. I mm. never got invited to a single thing. Mm -hmm. I was really new to the community and then this time it was just like a lot more energy. Yeah. And a lot more people. Well, I I assume you you went to some of the parties then. I went to some of the events, but I didn't really go out that like I didn't uh -huh. want to be out that late. Okay, all right. Well, I, what did you think? Like, was it was it fun? Was it good for you? Were you disappointed? Were you happy? I thought it was an incredible experience. Mm -hmm. um, I think the the thing that for me was just personally challenging was like my book launched on Monday, so there was like, <laughs> and I'm like the company was launching a bunch of stuff, so uh -huh. I, I I didn't enjoy it as much as last year. I wasn't as giddy <laughs> uh -huh. because I was just so focused on specific things I had to do and. This is part of my spiritual work is like mm -hmm. I need to sit back and enjoy the experience, not mm -hmm. just like stress about the experience. But I'm this is stuff I'm working on with myself. Uh, well, I, you did launch the book on like Monday yeah. and <laughs> you invited me to the thing. But of course, I, I, I wasn't around. Uh, and then you you flew to Miami. Yeah. You know, and you I think you did a book signing there. And, you know, your uh, uh, your company co-founder jp sears was you know like he he was like emceeing the whole conference <laughs> and like doing a bunch of other stuff so uh i mean like that couldn't have been very easy like <laughs> trying to manage all of that and launching the company and launching the book and you know like like how, how do you deal with that like all I'm, of that i'm learning to it's 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 challenging for me because mm. this is like very new mm. the, the last company i built was it was a decent sized business, but it was not as public. Like mm -hmm. we had, like we didn't have thousands of customers. We had a few very large brands as clients. So mm -hmm. I got to deal with one energy, Yeah. but now it's like thousands of people's energy and, and the expectations are just like increasing. I have investors for the first time. Like my mm -hmm. last company, I had no investors. So I'm learning a lot about myself, but I'm, I'm also learning this is like such a spiritual, like this is spiritual work. Like building a business is a spiritual path. Like it's, it's, it's really intense. Well, tell me more about that. What, what do you mean by spiritual path? Like, uh, like is, is it your soul that's suffering? What, what, what's, the, what's the deal here? I think that I'm learning a lot about myself mm -hmm. and how I deal with the conflicts in my own mind. Mm -hmm. And they're amplified because of this business, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think they, some of the examples they give of like, if you're a monk in a cave, mm -hmm. you're never going to get angry because there isn't anything to get angry <laughs> about. And now I have so many external factors that I mm -hmm. don't have control over mm -hmm. that could relate to the impact of how I feel. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning how to just like, it is what it is. It mm -hmm. is. It is. I'm trying to be like, like Bruce Lee says, like be like water. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm learning how to do that. And it's very new for me. It's, it's, it's a very challenging process, but um, it's part of my medicine, I guess. Mm. Well, I, I find it interesting that you describe that 
process as spiritual because you do have a lot of external inputs and we all do of course um but you're having to deal with a sort of conflict and things like that um you know like it's it's from the inside and trying to figure out how to deal with it with it as it comes that it that that's spiritual for you it's or? absolutely spiritual okay. because it's it's how how do I experience it with myself? My mm. my relationship with myself, I think, is a spiritual path, mm. and then eventually, whatever you think your your relationship with your creator is as well, mm -hmm. it's all mm -hmm. part of the the same thing. I do believe in a higher power, mm -hmm. and I do believe that there's something there that kind of sets us um, closer to whatever it is. And mm -hmm. so, I think this is it's just part of the experience. <laughs> it's, and it's it, it's like any relationship mm -hmm. like I, I believe a relationship brings you closer to yourself mm -hmm. um and i think building a business brings you closer to yourself so mm -hmm. it's just it's part of me and, and my growth i guess okay well we'll 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 get to some of that but let's uh let's go backwards a little bit where where, where are you coming from who are you where, 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 How did like I get introduce here? yourself to the audience because so, uh, we i i think we jumped ahead a little bit yeah, yeah we went right, we went right into it so i'm justin I actually moved to Austin in September of 2020. Mm. Came from LA. Mm. I um I've been an entrepreneur, I guess, my whole life. Mm. I, I've never since now it's coming on. 13 was when I started my first company, which mm -hmm. was uh, painting curbs on the side, mm -hmm. painting numbers on the sides of curbs mm. um, in my neighborhood. Mm. And so all I've really known how to do is like build something and figure it out and create mm -hmm. value. Mm. And that's almost now it's 20 years. I'm 33 now, so I've, <laughs> I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years, I guess. I started my first company, like my first official business out of college when I was 24. Mm. And I built a advertising business, mm -hmm. a marketing business, sold that company in 2016. Mm. I left the board in 2018. And then I got introduced to the Bitcoin Lightning Network in 2020. <laughs> then it's all been from there. It's just been this path of like, you know, awakening of what the future looks like. Well, let's let's go back a little bit because uh, you you started painting curbs, right? Yeah, like, so, uh, so how how much were you selling it for? What what was so, the service? So, so the service was uh -huh. uh, my neighborhood was getting to be about twenty five years old, and uh -huh. this is before like Google Maps and uh -huh. stuff. So, you know, there's numbers on the sides of, of curbs. So I, yeah. I wrote a letter, and in the letter I said, in case of an emergency, you should mm -hmm. make sure that the curbs in front of your house are very visible. Mm -hmm. So I'm offering a service where I'll, I'll repaint the numbers on the side with mm -hmm. like a spray paint. Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll cost you 10 bucks. And mm -hmm. I put this and I put this in everyone's mailbox in my neighborhood. <laughs> uh -huh. So I made a couple hundred bucks over a summer doing mm -hmm. that. That was like a business that I like learned mm -hmm. how to do. And okay. At 13. At 13 years old. Yeah. Nice. And that was my first time learning about this concept of value exchange where mm -hmm. i can do a good or service mm -hmm. i can charge a premium because i'm i'm saving someone time mm -hmm. and then make some money along the way yeah, i feel like a, you didn't charge enough 10 bucks you should at the time that's a lot of money for me uh -huh. right? like that's a lot of money for a 13 year old kid mm -hmm. like i think at the end of the summer it was like 850 bucks that i made and wow so like, you did 85 houses yeah over the summer yeah okay well yeah. i actually thinking about it like how long did it take you to all like, summer it was three months no, no, I mean, but like to do one house. So there was this, there was this mold that I needed to use. So it was mm -hmm. this like this long channel mold. Mm -hmm. I needed to put every number on mm -hmm. there and then I need to like tape it. You need uh -huh. to tape all around it. So uh -huh. it doesn't, then you have to do the base coat uh -huh. and you have to do the second coat. Uh -huh. So I don't know if I'm remembering maybe 30, 40 minutes each, each house. It wasn't, okay. it wasn't, 
it wasn't just fast. It wasn't like a quick thing. I wasn't spray painting numbers. <laughs> it was like it was stencils uh-huh. that I used. Okay, so that that's what like fifteen bucks an hour. Pretty good job for a kid. Something like that. Not bad. Fifteen bucks an hour. Yeah, at the time. Yeah. This was, I think, maybe minimum wage was ten bucks an hour at the time. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember that. It was a long time ago. Well, I mean, 2000. twenty years or two thousand two, something like that. Two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So tell me how that like affected you internally. Like, uh, like how, how did that change that experience change you as a person? It was just a confirmation that like, this is how I'm supposed to proceed in the world. It's like Mm -hmm. following directions or like, Mm -hmm. you know, following a certain path that someone else is giving me is just Mm -hmm. not my cup of tea. Mm. It's why I was a really bad student in high school. (laughs) I graduated with below a 2.0 GPA. So I barely got out. Uh I had to go to community college to Uh get into an actual university. Mm. When I got into university, I had a really low GPA when I graduated. (laughs) But but it's interesting what I learned in that process where I had a low GPA in Uh college, Uh but I was hyper involved in student student. So I was involved Uh in student government. Uh I was involved in my fraternity. Uh I was the president and founder of my the marketing club in my Uh university. So Uh what it's funny, I was just telling the story earlier this week was Mm -hmm. I was not a good student. Uh And when I graduated college, the dean brought me into his office like Uh a week before graduation Uh and said, hey, so normally the only people that speak at graduation Uh are the valedictorian (laughs) or this other person that gets a really high GPA. But Uh we feel like you should speak because Uh you're a real representative of our students. Uh So we're going to make up this new thing called (laughs) called this like the the representative of the class. And you're Mm going to speak and present a gift to the to the president of the university mm-hmm. so you'll get to speak mm-hmm. i was like okay cool thanks like, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for letting me do that and i think that was an interesting experience for me because it showed me that like my i wasn't the best student but mm-hmm. i was the most involved and i was the most extracurricular and i mm-hmm. and i and i still had a chance to be something and mm-hmm. i didn't have good grades and that was the catalyst that said i can do anything i want in my life well, it's interesting because you essentially blazed your own path. Like if you went down the path to speak at graduation, it would have been valedictorian or having a high GPA and I don't know, winning some award or something like that. Instead, you made it your own and said, screw the fact that I got like a 2.0. Let's let's go up there and do something with it. And and it, there was when I look at the stuff that I was doing, I mean, there was no marketing club. So uh-huh. I reignited the uh-huh. American Marketing Association. Uh-huh. And within a year, we were like an award winning mm-hmm. group. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was coming to student government, this is this is actually mm-hmm. funny. So mm-hmm. I, I was competing to like get elected as mm-hmm. like um, as as a as a as a as a. I don't know what it's called, something in student government. Mm-hmm. I didn't win the election, mm-hmm. but the side that did win the election, the president mm-hmm. came to me and said, I want you part of my cabinet. <laughs> I'm going to make up a position so you're involved. And I was just like, all the things, it's just like I made up my own way to just mm-hmm. be involved. It's like this interesting, just make up your own story. and. Mm-hmm. Just make life, make life a story. Yeah, I've noticed this a lot in Bitcoin, right? Like, because, uh, you know, I, I honestly, I, I didn't do that well in school either, right? Like, I, I, I did, like, math club and did, you know, like, did well on these competitions and stuff. But my GPA sucked. And part of it was I, I, I felt trapped in a classroom, right? Because you're, you're having to essentially regurgitate something to this teacher, I mean, some of it was just my own laziness. I didn't want to go. Like there were there were like weeks in class where I just didn't go and stuff like that. I, I, I'm sure you feel the same 100%. way. Hundred uh, percent. The the bigger thing though is that, you know, 
the path that they lay out for you within the system is like almost meant as a way to filter out certain types of people, including people like us. Whereas like blazing your own path uh, tends to reward sort of that initiative or uh, ability to create your uh, create value for other people, which I don't know, it, it just it feels so wrong that like you punish so many entrepreneurs essentially in school and they come out thinking oh, I'm, I'm good for nothing or something uh, instead of thinking that they, they have this talent to be able to do stuff that, you know, other people aren't recognizing. I think, I think that was a part of my upbringing is that I, I was, sometimes I believed in myself because I got, I didn't get good grades. Like I was never good mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. And that's because of the system that I was put in. But I think mm -hmm. the system is not made for individuals like us. Mm -hmm. It's made to, create workers yeah it's made to create you know i don't like to use that like a, a bad word but in some way like slaves it's mm -hmm. made to use like you mm -hmm. follow this then you do this then you do this then mm -hmm. you do this and you follow this path and i don't think that's the way humans should live mm. yeah it's almost like we're made to be like cogs in a machine right of like or like uh you know you graduated as an as an accountant and you can be this accountant cog in this machine mm. and you know, you can't really do anything else. And that, that was one of the frustrating things for me as a coder. You know, I, of course, that, that, that was what I was after college and was for, you know, very, very long time. I still code, but, you know, one of the really frustrating things about doing that is you're paid to code and that's it. You know, you might have good ideas for the business or you might think, okay, well, th this program could work and like no one listens to you because that's not your lane. That's not your role. You're you're reaching outside. Whereas as an entrepreneur, that those are things that you almost naturally do. And uh, and you know one of the th big regrets of my life is not becoming an entrepreneur earlier. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's only after I came into Bitcoin. So I'm curious, like, what was that entrepreneurial path for you like? Like, where where did you see value? How did you identify it and start businesses? And stuff? It, it was so obvious that this was only the mm -hmm. only way. My mm -hmm. father was a tremendous guidance in mm -hmm. my life. He's been an entrepreneur his whole life. He mm -hmm. came here from Iran with mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. He literally came with nothing and built a business and you know, not a massive business, but mm -hmm. a metal manufacturing business. He would wake up at five a.m. He'd come home at six p.m. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, I would help him do accounting i would help mm -hmm. him do like put stuff into quickbooks mm -hmm. i was like helping him understand like this is what drives the family forward is mm -hmm. is this business the mm -hmm. business is what allows us to live our life so i was i was made in that fire mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. like that fire is how i was i was forged mm -hmm. so i had no other option even today <laughs> like i i will only do my own path i'll mm -hmm. only have my own way of doing things and that's just how i've lived my whole life mm. Well, so let's talk about like that first uh, sort of entrepreneurial op opportunity after college, right? Like you graduate, you get to speak at the commencement. What what, what happens next? What, so what's I, next? I go to Europe for the summer mm -hmm. as and just try to explore life. And then I got a job selling banner ads at this mm -hmm. like agency for mm -hmm. a few months. And within six months, it was like very clear that I'm not the right person for this job because <laughs> I have ideas. I'm uh -huh. like, and I'm a sales planner. So uh -huh. I'm the, like the lowest of the lowest totem pole. I'm making uh -huh. sales decks for people uh -huh. to go sell banner ads uh -huh. on websites to uh -huh. brands. 
And I was just like, oh, I think we should do this. And like, they would tell me, they're like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> you just got out of school. Like, uh -huh. like I was given that mentality of like, uh -huh. you are this and, and threw uh -huh. you in there. And then I started my company after that. So like, as soon as I had this job for a few months, then uh -huh. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go start this company. I, I believe in this idea. Mm -hmm. Instagram had just got bought by Facebook for a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. There needed a way to run ads on Instagram, and then mm -hmm. I built an ad an ad platform on Instagram. It was very mm -hmm. simple. Like it was to mm -hmm. me, it was very simple because mm -hmm. there was this massive gap in the market. Mm -hmm. Was there an app? And this is 2013. Is mm -hmm. there an app on the App Store that connects a brand mm -hmm. to an influential person on Instagram? Mm -hmm. There was no app that did that at the time. So mm -hmm. it was like obvious let me make an app to do that and mm -hmm. i'll make money in between and i'll like <laughs> i just read i had just read the four hour work week uh-huh it's like i'm gonna live on a beach <laughs> i'm gonna have this thing run itself little did i know like that doesn't work uh -uh. i got highly involved in the business but it ended up making a lot of money like mm -hmm. the first six weeks of the company made hundred and ten thousand dollars in revenue and i took mm -hmm. home 60. Mm -hmm. i made more money in six weeks than i would have done in two years of my old job wow Wow, 30,000 a year, huh? It was like 36, it was like wow. 36, yeah. Wow, and you took home 60. Well, so what was the impetus for the uh, for for that idea? How did you find the, it, and how did you decide to go all in? Because that, to me, is the critical part. It, it was, so the idea was pretty simple. I mm -hmm. had a friend, this is actually the beginning of the book mm -hmm. uh, in my introduction. I had a friend, he was on a show called Pretty Little Liars, his name was mm -hmm. Keegan Allen. Mm -hmm. Big, he had like, I don't know, four or five million followers at the time on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, are you like doing ads with brands? He's like, mm -hmm. yeah, but it's a pain in the ass. Like, mm -hmm. it's like my agent, they take 20%, they take 20%. Mm -hmm. This one, contracts take forever. I was like, mm -hmm. is there an app that would send you a thing on your phone, your private mm -hmm. device? Mm -hmm. So as a brand wants to work with you, you create the content there and post it instantly on your Instagram mm -hmm. and get paid by PayPal that night. Mm -hmm. Instant remittance, mm -hmm. right? This was the beginning. <laughs> this was the beginning of thinking of removing the arbiter, uh -huh. right? Like we wanted to remove the agent and the manager. That uh -huh. was my, that was the vision with the app. Uh -huh. We did do that. Creators uh -huh. were really happy, uh -huh. but I was still using PayPal as the uh -huh. payment rail. So this, see how like there's, there's a pattern that emerges of like, why did I get into Lightning eventually? Mm -hmm. Why is this a creator business? It was so obvious that this was a better way to do it. And mm -hmm. then you layer on other things. Then you start layering on analytics. Then mm -hmm. you start layering on, oh, this app can ping a hundred influencers at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's not one person. You get a hundred people to talk about your brand all at the same time with one app. Mm -hmm. This is now getting scale, right? Mm -hmm. Then big brands are like, we want scale. Scale's mm -hmm. expensive. Mm -hmm. Tech can help you enable scale. Mm -hmm. And then one thing led to another and you know the business <laughs> is doing in the third year, we did, I think, a little bit over five and a half million in top wow. line. And I took home like two and a half. It was a little bit bigger. It was making, yeah. you're, you're 25 years 25 old. 25 years old at the time. <laughs> you have like yeah. five. Well, what, what was that like for you? Well, so let's let's go back a little bit. Because I think for a lot of people that, uh, you know, maybe listen to the show that, that, that have, uh, you know, sort of like the traditional job or whatever. And like it, it feels very scary to jump into something like that. Like, what what was it about the opportunity, and what what was going on internally that made you say, you know what, I'm gonna go and do this. I'm gonna go for this. What 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 inside you led you to that decision point? I had no choice. Okay. I I, I had I was I was a man with no choice. Okay. It was either fail uh -huh. and be like miserable mm -hmm. and potentially go live with my parents again, <laughs> or or do this do mm -hmm. like try something really hard mm. but it was so clear after a few weeks that like this was the way that needed to be done it was just it's so clear in my heart like mm -hmm. this is what i have to do mm. 
Where, where I, did I, that conviction come from, though? Like, I, was it from like your upbringing or something? Trust else? in myself. Okay. Trust in my family. I mean, mm -hmm. like, I had the support of my family. Like, they were mm -hmm. so supportive. My dad was super supportive. Mm -hmm. He, um, he, they, they went out on a limb to make this work. Like, they definitely, they gave me some capital to live for the first like six months. They said, mm -hmm. "Hey, I'm going to give you some money. Mm -hmm. Go figure this out." They, they helped. I mean, to build the app. I was using an Indian developer that I was paying two grand a month mm -hmm. to build it. And I was working on it, the rest of it myself. <laughs> so it was one of those things that it, it yeah, it, I don't know how to describe it. I had no choice. Okay. It was just like in my heart, I had to do this. Well, it, I, I, I guess you didn't have, you didn't get addicted to sort of like the fiat money that comes in through a job yet because it was paying so low, first of all. And, you know, like, you, you felt frustrated and you were young. What sort of advice would you give to maybe older people? Like there, there are plenty of people that are probably listening to the show that are maybe in their 30s. They've been in a fiat job for a while, right? Like they, they've worked for companies. They have an idea, but they're really scared. What, what, what drives that sort of belief in yourself and that conviction in your idea? I, I have an interesting, I have, I have mm -hmm. two opinions on this. Mm -hmm. um, one opinion actually is, I don't believe everyone should be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And this is this is really in my heart because mm -hmm. I think it could be more detrimental to your life mm -hmm. if you decide to go down this path because it is a it doesn't make logical sense to suffer as much as you do as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Like like the the thing we were starting this mm -hmm. like it's a spiritual journey in myself. Mm -hmm. The thing I forgot to tell you is like I don't ever have to work again. Like financially, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm in a place after I uh -huh. sold the first business, like uh -huh. I was in a place financially like I don't really have to. Mm -hmm. So it's something that's in you that's a little bit like wacky mm -hmm. <laughs> to go do this, right? Mm -hmm. it, to go be an entrepreneur. It's very challenging. So I would really go into self-reflection of like is this really the path that you want to do? If that is a yes, mm -hmm then how do you want to end? How do you want this life to end? Do you want mm -hmm. to have any regrets in your life? Like I've mm -hmm. had a really intense near-death experience two years ago after I sold my first business. And I want to live a life where I do not ever regret a single experience that I've had. Like I, I, I mean, I don't know if I've told you this story, but mm -hmm. like I had a brain tumor, I had mm -hmm. brain surgery at the beginning mm -hmm. of 2020. Like wow. I, I've gone through like mm -hmm. series of life and I don't want to ever regret that I didn't try to mm. fix the, some of the hardest problems out there. That's mm. just in my heart. Mm. Well, so uh, you, there's probably like 30 things we can unpack from just, <laughs> yeah, just, sorry, just sorry, what you sorry, said. Sorry. But like going back, um, so you, you talked about how difficult it was. And this, this is something that I think a lot of people don't get about entrepreneurship. And like you earn every penny, right? Like, 100 <laughs> uh, so tell, tell us a little bit more about like what, what your day was, uh, starting that you, first company and doing, doing you have to go out on a limb mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. You're being rejected hundreds of times. You're mm -hmm. getting, I mean, the, you're getting punched in the face every single day. Like mm -hmm. you're getting hit and you got to wake up and keep going. You're getting mm -hmm. hit. You got to wake up and keep going because at any moment you quit, you lose everything. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't a thing that, Oh yes, we made 110,000 in the first six weeks, but that wasn't like, Oh, it was just rolling. Mm -hmm. No, it was waking up every day, mm -hmm. cold calling. Hey, would you like to work with our business? Hey, would you like to work with our business? Hey, would you like to work with us? Uh -huh. Pitching constantly, getting mm -hmm. in front of people to say, Hey, I'm building this thing. Mm -hmm. It's not like I sat back and this just appeared. Mm -hmm. 
It was a relentless focus every single day, seven days a week for years on end. Mm. It was relentless. And this is the part where I tell like most people don't want to do that. They're not yeah. built for that. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's okay. Find what makes your soul happy. Mm-hmm. Find what makes your internal experience happy. I do this because I don't think I have any other choice really. Like, in my life. <laughs> I have choice. I, I have choice. I have, um, I do have choice. I don't want to mm-hmm. say that I don't, but this is what to me is what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Right? At times I want to quit. At times I feel like shit, but it's, I, I really believe in my heart. I'm supposed to do this. Mm. Well, so there, there was a time when you were essentially cold calling, like getting rejected and all of that. What, what made you get through that? What, did you see any glimmer of success or something? What, what, what was I the thing? I knew what I was doing was better than the default. Mm. I knew that I had something valuable. And if you have enough conviction in yourself that mm-hmm. your product is more valuable than the next competitor, mm-hmm. that's how you win. Mm. You have to have a product that creates more value mm-hmm. and someone's willing to pay you a lot of money for it. Mm. And I had conviction in what we had created is saying, we have a better tech solution. Mm-hmm. We have a better experience for you as a brand. You can give us your money and we'll make it as turnkey as possible mm-hmm. and drive the results that you're interested in. Mm. And that's that still falls today. Is like, you know, the reason I'm building Zion on Bitcoin mm-hmm. and why I'm building on Lightning is because it's a better payment network Mm -hmm. for creators to monetize from their fans. It's just Mm -hmm. better. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm doing it in this way. Mm -hmm. And this is interesting. I have choice. Mm -hmm. I could have done this a million ways. I could have had a token. Mm I've talked to Marty about Mm -hmm. this. I could have had a token. I could have built my own blockchain. I could have done it on Ethereum. I could have made every single choice out there. Mm -hmm. But I made the choice with my own capital to say Mm -hmm. lightning is the only way to do it. Well, well, we'll get to that in yeah, a second, we'll but good, start, because, right? because we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We're still at the part of the story where you're sort of like driving and like the, the thing that I, I find interesting about your story is that you, you were a relentless salesperson, right? Like just like 100%. cold calling. And this is something that I think a lot of people in startups like completely un- underestimate. They're like, especially the engineering types like me that get into it. It's you don't realize the level of sales that you're going to have to drive in order to make this work. Um, for a lot of engineers, they become sort of like these like scientists or something like that. And it's like a research lab. Oh, I built this thing, build it and they'll come. That's not the case at all. It's never the case. Uh, and you, you seem to have come from the other side, which is much more sales focus. Okay. Here's the value prop that I have and just pitching it again and again and again until, you know, refining it and refining it. Like it's not, it's not like this is made and this Mm -hmm. is done. Mm -hmm. It's constantly refining the, the, Mm -hmm. the questioning, Mm -hmm. constantly refining the pitch, constantly Mm -hmm. refining the brand, refining Mm -hmm. the value proposition. Every time it's honing, Mm -hmm. it's honing, it's Mm -hmm. honing, it's getting better every single time till you get the value proposition that you believe the market Mm -hmm. wants Mm -hmm. and wants to enjoy and wants to create. Mm. It, it wasn't like I woke up and it was like, okay, this is what the business is. Even this thing has evolved every week for the past <laughs> year, year and a half since I started this thing. Mm. It just refines and it gets better and better and how we think about it gets better and better. Mm. And that's something that I think a lot of engineers can definitely learn from because it, it's, it's very easy to just say, uh, okay, like I know what the market wants or whatever, but th- this is a critical part of the product market fit cycle is pitching it, 
seeing what connects, seeing what the customers want, what the, what their problems are, and constantly talking to as many of them as possible. And this is where sort of like that cold calling and stuff like that, although it's very scary for a lot of introverted engineers to like, be calling. But, but this is where that value is found. And, and you, you, you seem to have been relentless in finding that value, refining that message, getting, getting, uh, you know, getting that product market fit, getting that application out there, and you were rewarded as a result. I think so. Yeah. I, well, so that uh, you, you do this company in 2013, um, and you, you make this app, uh, you do it for how many years? What? I sold it in 2016. Okay, so three fast, years. Fast, okay. fast exit, yeah. Okay, well, so what, what were those three years like as, <sighs> as an entrepreneur? I mean, it was some of my largest growth. Mm -hmm. It was, it was so hard. I mean, <laughs> I, I cried a lot. Mm. I, I was down a lot. I was very lonely mm. for so long. It's, it's such a lonely thing to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but I made it, I survived, <laughs> right? Like I survived, I got through the end of it and, mm. You know, at the end of 2015, someone gave us an LOI to buy the business. In April of 2016, we sell it. I stay on the board until 2018. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I, I took some time to get my health back. Because part of that journey was like, I really lost a lot of the things that like, I gained almost 70 pounds running oh, that business. Wow. So I was 240 pounds at my peak. Oh wow. I was eating, I was stress eating like crazy. Mm -hmm. I was drinking. I was I was doing a lot of things that weren't good for my body. Mm -hmm. And even when I sold the business, it got sometimes it got worse. And I I remember I I was neglecting like I was neglecting my body and I was neglecting my soul in a lot of ways during that time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that I I learned and I have course corrected and now I have like non-negotiables of like, <laughs> what do I eat <laughs> and how much do I work out? Like these are like non-negotiables for my soul and my spirit. Mm. So I learned a lot about myself during that time. It mm. was so hard. Was well, well, tell, tell us a little bit more about that. Why, why would you cry when, why, why is it lonely to, to be doing a startup? And so my approach was different. I mean, startup, I mean, yes, it was startup, but I had no investors. Mm. So I owned a hundred percent of this business when I <laughs> sold it. This is very rare. Like this was a bootstrapped company doing a couple million dollars in mm. profit mm. in my third year bootstrap mm. business. Mm -hmm. So you don't have co-founders. There's like mm -hmm. my family, like my dad was the only one I talked to. Mm -hmm. Like it was like my father and I's relationship like blossomed during that time in like such an impactful way. But it's so lonely. Like your dad mm -hmm. loves you mm -hmm. and they want to support you, but you still go home by yourself. Like mm -hmm. I was single. I'm still single. Like mm -hmm. I was just, I'm by myself with this turmoil and this stress and this mm -hmm. trauma. So that's the loneliness as entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Like there's no one like people think like we have advisors and we have this, but like really there's no one to call. <laughs> like there's, there's no one to like, there's no one to call. There's no one to save you. There's no one mm -hmm. to help you. And it's you, you're mm -hmm. on this, the, you're on this path. Like you're born alone. You're going to die alone. Mm -hmm. So like for me, this path was just an incredible, like solo journey <laughs> in running that business. So I don't know if that answers your question, but. I mean, it it sounds lonely. Was the, crying, the stress? You, yeah, like I mean, what? the cry, the crying was this like 
not being able to manage, I guess, the overwhelming experience that I'm having. And mm -hmm. sometimes, and this is stuff I'm still working through in my own spiritual journey, mm -hmm. is that like I tie success and business to success at life. Mm. And I don't think that's the right way to do it, right? Mm. Because my proxy now is really different. Mm -hmm. I had everything to lose back then. Because mm. if I if that failed, mm. I would probably be living in my parents' house, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to figure out a way to survive. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I wanted to thrive. I didn't mm -hmm. just want to survive. Now I'm in an interesting place because my base is covered. Mm -hmm. I'm like my baseline is covered. Now it's all like, now I'm playing with the house. Like I'm mm -hmm. playing for, for keeps, but I still remember these like stresses and what i'm trying to distinguish right now in my path is like the success of zion isn't the success of justin they aren't mm -hmm. they aren't mm -hmm. universally tied to each other um this will do as it does and this will do as it does and mm -hmm. i'm trying to decouple that right now in my in my path but at the time they were conjoined yeah and uh, and and that was very difficult with all the stress of a yeah. business and trying to because yeah, it's it. like okay i'm managing a pnl i'm managing mm -hmm. like i had almost 15 employees mm -hmm. at some time and half of them are older than me and they have mm -hmm. families. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at this, like I'm the CEO of this business. Like this person's making a quarter million. This person's making a quarter million. Mm -hmm. Like if I fail as the leader, like they lose a job and they mm -hmm. don't have money for their kids. Like I feel that I was mm -hmm. feeling that energy in my heart. Mm -hmm. So I felt all the pressure of not just myself, but all the families of the, of the employees that I had around me. Like there's a lot of that. Mm. And you stress it during this I, time. Man, I like, I remember this distinctly. Lunch, I'd have breakfast, I'd have lunch, and it was like two huge sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And then dinner, like tons of food, and, and I wouldn't work out. Mm -hmm. I would drink, like mm -hmm. I've been sober for almost three years now, mm -hmm. no alcohol. And I would drink like a, you mm -hmm. know, just to numb it, just to like numb mm -hmm. all that like stuff. And I'm like, it was bad. It was a bad time. <laughs> I mean, you look at some photos and it's gnarly. I was a big dude. <laughs> All right. So what turned that around? What what was it what, selling the it business? Was, what, what no, what, it wasn't was selling it? it because I sold the business and I stayed on a CEO for a while. It was this leaving in 2018. So I left yeah. the business at the beginning of 2018. Mm -hmm. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I'm gonna die before I'm 30 if I don't figure my shit out. Mm -hmm. Like I'm looking at my body. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at. I'm like looking at myself in the mirror. I was like, I'm gonna like I'm gonna die before if I don't get this figured out right now. Mm -hmm. So I said to myself, I'm gonna get my shit together mm -hmm. and I'm gonna go find the hardest endurance race that I can do. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm gonna go do an Ironman as fast uh -huh. as I can. So uh -huh. I spent the next 500 days trading uh -huh. to do an Ironman, and I did a full distance Ironman. And the summer of 2019, I lost 70 pounds to do that Ironman. Well, so how, how do you even decide to do something like that? So this, like, was, this, was, this was my proxy. I said, what is the hardest endurance race uh -huh. I can do with the uh -huh. least likelihood I will hurt or die? Or die? Okay. So if you look at a graph, it's uh -huh. like hurt yourself, die, uh -huh. one side of the axis, uh -huh. hardest endurance race. Uh -huh. uh, Ironman is the least is the hardest one with uh -huh. the least amount of you're going to die. Okay. Because <laughs> you start getting to 50Ks, you start getting to double Ironmans, uh -huh. you start starting to get to like uh -huh. ultras. That's when you could really hurt yourself. Uh -huh. And so I was like, highest likelihood not to die <laughs> and hardest race. So I, uh -huh. And I knew how to swim. I was a decent swimmer. I had not run. I had, I couldn't run a mile at this time. Uh -huh. I was like, what? and then I was like, I'm going to do an Ironman in a year. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, that, so that's 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 what I did. Oh well, tell us about the training then. What, the training what did you do awesome. for like 500 days? Training was awesome. So that was one of the most brightest, brightest and beautiful times of my life. I I decided I'm gonna 
get a coach. Mm -hmm. I, I, I started training with Tower 26 in LA. They're like the mm -hmm. best triathlon team in the world. I got mm -hmm. an amazing swim coach, amazing run coach, amazing bike coach, mm -hmm. amazing overall triathlon coach. My, my cousin was managing my like mm -hmm. my therapy of all the things I ate. I had a, I had a nutritionist, like mm -hmm. I hired a team to manage <laughs> everything and everything was perfect. I would train every day of the week, uh -huh. either swimming, biking or running, and the weekends were like, look, 18 mile runs on a Saturday, swimming two miles and 18 run, mile runs on Saturdays and then eight hour bikes on Sundays. And I did that for a year and a half. <laughs> it was awesome. I didn't have a job. I was like, I was- I was, And you had just exited, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was fun employed, but I was having so much fun. Mm. It was like the fun and fun employed, mm. for sure. It was one of the best times of my life. Okay, well, well I mean, how do you even keep that up? But then I get punched or? in the face. But this, okay. this, this is how life works, uh -huh. right? Like you go have this amazing experience, mm -hmm. I'm doing great. I'm at the top of my game. I'm eight, like 9% body fat. I had mm -hmm. just done an Ironman. I came in fourth overall in the Malibu triathlon. Mm -hmm. I'm high as a, like life is so good. And then I have a seizure and I find out I have a brain tumor a month later. Mm. Like life is not, like there are black swan events on every corner, mm. on every single corner. I'm like, okay, let's get mm -hmm. back to like your centeredness. Here you go. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow, what 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 a crazy like sort of turnaround. So, five hundred days of discipline, and like, did you feel like you had to hire all those people in order to keep that, or was it? I, I look, like, I love coaching. I'm mm -hmm. I'm very I'm a very coachable individual. If like mm -hmm. someone that I look up to, so mm -hmm. um, yes, I think I did need it. Mm -hmm. I, I needed I needed the accountability of someone else. Like mm -hmm. I'm accountable to my coach. Mm -hmm. My coach is accountable to me. It's mm -hmm. making sure that I'm doing all the things that I promised. I didn't have a job, so this was my job. Forty mm -hmm. hours a week. I was so I I was never a professional athlete, but mm -hmm. I trained as if I was a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. I. I'm an obsessive dude. I obsess about <laughs> You don't <things>. say. <laughs> you don't say. I get obsessed. Uh -huh. Like in this current state, I'm obsessed with my business. Uh -huh. I'm obsessed with Zion. I'm obsessed mm -hmm. with the, this. But at a time, I was obsessed with Iron Man. That's mm. the, what I was obsessed with. And 500 days of every training every single day. What, yeah. what was that like spiritually for you? It was like when you when I had to wake like the hardest days was during the summertime in LA we would do ocean swims at 5 a.m. Mm. So I'm I'm waking up at 4:30. That was the stuff that was like really hard cuz mm. I'm like fuck dude I don't want to get up I'm going to swim in the ocean for like an hour and a half. I'm afraid a shark's going to bite me or something <laughs> crazy is going to happen. But like those, and it's cold in the ocean. Uh, you're like, uh, fuck, I don't want to get up. Like those are the days like, oh, or you're getting up on a Saturday morning. You have to do an eight hour bike ride. You're like, fuck, I just ran 18 miles yesterday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't want to go and do this. And you're like, fucking, I'm going to get up and do it. Like, like <laughs> this, this is telling you no. Mm -hmm. And you're like, fuck, no, I'm in charge. Like your body's like, no, I'm like, no, I'm, well, that, I'm, that's a I'm, spiritual battle, I, right? I'm like, I had an ice bath in my uh -huh. house that I would uh -huh. every morning at 6 a.m. I get in this ice bath. Uh -huh. I was like, this were, these were things that just like, I needed to sharpen my mind. Mm -hmm. Like my mind is not in charge. I am in charge. Mm -hmm. I'm in charge of how I show up, mm -hmm. what I do, what I say. It was a process of discipline. And the Ironman itself was whatever, like, cool. It was a 12 hour race, but mm -hmm. like, the work is the thing leading up to the iron. Mm -hmm. Like it's not the race day. It's like, okay, you're ready. Go do your job for mm -hmm. 12 hours. Mm -hmm. But it's all the stuff leading up to it. That's the actual work. It's, mm -hmm. it's the, it's the journey, not the destination. Well, I, the, the spiritual work seems to be that mental thing, right? Like where you, where, where you don't want to get up and do something. And that, yeah. that's the real battle. Yeah. And, uh, and at least for me, that that's, that's where I find like, 
okay, yeah, th this is where I'm growing as a person, right? Because when you do something you don't want to do. And, 100%. And you did that for 500 days. Yeah. That's great. crazy. It was great. Well, so I, did it get easier or was it just as hard like I mean, on day you, 490? No, because look, you start off with one mile and then you go to 18 miles. It's like, there's a, like you can't run that first mile. Then you're like, okay, cool. 10 miles is easy, but you're going to have to run 18. 18 miles is not hard for any, it's not easy for anyone. To run. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe there's some of these light guys, mm -hmm. but my body's like not made for like running 18 miles. No problem. So mm -hmm. it gets harder. <laughs> it's like, it's not like, oh, okay. It's like, no, training gets more difficult because mm. your power goes up. Now it's mm -hmm. like, okay, you started at 180 watts is your ftp now you're at 240 mm -hmm. now you have to be at 300 it just you're progressing you have to get stronger you're not mm -hmm. just gonna you got to keep going mm -hmm. so it progressively gets harder yes your mind gets better your engine gets stronger your mm -hmm. mind gets more solid mm -hmm. it's it's the mind that gets hardened mm -hmm. well i did did you see like a parallel to being an entrepreneur between 100 percent all right so it's uh, discipline like, it's right. all the function of like the overarching function is how much discipline do i have in my life Mm. And I think I have relentless discipline mm -hmm. for certain things. I sometimes don't want to get up and work. Sometimes I don't want to wake up and go to the gym. Sometimes I don't want to wake up and do, like, I just, sometimes I don't want to do things, but I <laughs> do it anyway mm. because I'm in charge mm. and I know it's going to make me better on the back half. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you you do this Ironman. You yeah. do 500 days, then you have a seizure. Tell us about what happened with that seizure. I mean, it was, I was sitting in a dentist chair. I was getting my braces tightened. The mm -hmm. light turns on, you know, the little thing when you go uh -huh. to a dentist, he turns on the light uh -huh. and I just go into the light. Uh -huh. I passed out. I woke up. I was sweating. I was uh -huh. pale white. I was uh -huh. hot. I started gagging. And... Basically, I get I go to the hospital. They put me in a CAT scan. They tell mm -hmm. me I have a cavernoma in my right temporal lobe that started bleeding. That's what mm -hmm. caused the seizure. Mm -hmm. Six weeks later, I have brain surgery to remove the cavernoma. Mm -hmm. January 6, twenty twenty. And what? And this is right before the pandemic, of course. I I had a pregame to COVID nineteen. Mm -hmm. I, I had brain surgery right wow. before that. Oh, uh, so what? What's that like? Like, uh, I don't know, prepping for brain surgery because you're, so you're I, a finely tuned athlete. At I'm that like point. at that point, I'm eight percent body fat. Uh -huh. I'm like, you know, the doctor's looking at me like we've never done surgery on someone like you. Mm -hmm. Like it's never happened. Like we don't. We get people that are sick mm -hmm. that this symptoms happen or they have mm -hmm. them in their brain. So the truth was, I spent six weeks learning how to die. I mean, I, I, I was reading Ram Dass every night. I was like, you know what? If this thing doesn't work out, I want to like leave so clear and so mm -hmm. happy and so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I spent the next couple weeks like studying death. That's actually what I did. Wow. I spent, <laughs> I, this is, this is real shit. Like mm -hmm. this is, I was like tuning into myself, like mm -hmm. love within myself, how I show up in the world and just studying, studying, studying of like, how do I want to end it? Mm. How does this, like, if I leave on that day, if I don't wake up, mm. how do I want it to feel? And I, I guess you were getting all your affairs in order at the time. And yeah, stuff I mean, like it that. was like, I, I had a will that I needed to get finished. I needed to, you know, yeah, I did. I, I, it was really hard to do that. Like, you know, like the will part was really hard for my parents. Mm. It, was, it was challenging, but I got it done. I mean, I, I got it done memento mori huh for it's <laughs> actually on my so i have this tattoo here uh -huh. Uh -huh. so it's a skull this is a memento mori tattoo on my oh, left wow. arm so i have this one i have amor fati here on the uh -huh. right so what does that mean um uh amor fati is the love of fate uh, 
So I'm the idea that like yeah. shit happens and mm -hmm. you have to love every minute of it. Like, <laughs> I love the fact that I had a seizure. Mm. I love because it taught me so much about death. Mm. I love the fact that, and again, remember that you must die. Mm -hmm. Ultimate, all the ultimatum for all of us is we're going bye-bye at some point. Mm. It's the ultimate X factor, right? Mm. So the question is, how do you want to live this life? Mm. If you only get one, uh, if you only get one at bat, what do you want to do? Mm. Well, you you certainly went through that uh, whole brain stuff, and it's 2020. You've uh, you spent a couple of years training for this thing, accomplishing your goal. Then you have this sort of like black swan event. You get the brain surgery. What happens next? So COVID happens. Mm -hmm. um, I have this weird urge. I bought a ranch in Topanga. Mm -hmm. I have this weird urge to move to Austin for no particular reason. I have <laughs> no reason to be here. I knew two people that lived in Austin. It was mm -hmm. so weird. I move here. When I move here, I get introduced to a couple people that are like highly censored on the internet. Mm. And I called an advisor of mine. I said, hey man, what would it like, what would it take to build something that's like censorship resistant, like really censorship resistant? Mm -hmm. He's like, the only way to do it is through the money. You gotta make mm. sure that the money is highly censorship resistant. Mm -hmm. There's a thing that I'm involved in called Lightning, Lightning mm -hmm. Labs. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm an investor in the company. Like, take a look at this white paper. Mm. So I'm, so I'm still kind of recovering from surgery. This is only a couple months after. I read the lightning white paper on a flight to Istanbul, Turkey for eight mm -hmm. hours. It was the only thing that I had, on, mm -hmm. and it was an actual piece of paper. Mm -hmm. I'm reading it, I'm reading it, I'm reading it, and I'm like, dude, this was the thing that I needed at my last company mm -hmm. that I used PayPal for. Mm -hmm. This is better version of PayPal. Mm -hmm. Like, this is it, this is the thing. Mm -hmm. This is everything, like, mm -hmm. this makes so much sense to me. Like. So then I start calling people. I was like, okay, who's built the social thing on Lightning? Like, who mm -hmm. built the thing for influencers? Mm -hmm. Who built the thing? And then I got introduced to Paula Toy and Sphinx. Mm -hmm. um, we started working together for a few months. And a year and a half later, Zion is like here. <laughs> this, now it's this company. Like, it mm -hmm. was, yeah. That's the story. It's the abridged version of it. Okay. Well, so you you learn about Lightning on this flight to Turkey. What, what and you've gone through a tremendous amount of stuff. What makes you want to go and make a new company? Because obviously it wasn't very good for you in some ways, right? Like you, you gained way too much weight and all this other stuff. Like why go through that again? Because like you said, you don't have to work. You you have money. You you can go do whatever you want. What what what's the thing driving you to to this thing? So I didn't necessarily want to do this at first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what I did was I went and looked, I said, who is building a company like this? Mm -hmm. I wanted to invest. Mm -hmm. I want to take my capital. I want to be an investor. Mm -hmm. I want to go find a company doing this. And I searched far and wide. Mm -hmm. I said, who is building this on lightning in this way? Mm -hmm. Who is building it for creators at the core? Who is doing it in this realm with these types of people involved? And I, I just couldn't find a company. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, mm -hmm. I like, I, it's not like I woke up. I was like, it was just one of those things that enough people told me like, dude, you have to do this mm -hmm. because you're probably one of the only people in the world that can. Mm. So based upon your background. So I looked at that, I looked at that decision in my soul. Mm -hmm. I was like, do I do this mm -hmm. or do I just fucking still chill? Mm -hmm. And it just felt right to me to say, you know what? I can do this again. <laughs> Let's fucking go. <laughs> 
So, uh, so what? What? Uh, when did you come to that decision to like actually go? November twenty twenty. Wow. And uh, so it's obviously been a year and a half. What? What? What did you do, do during that time to launch it? Because you know it's been coming for a while. It's um. So what have we done over a year and a half? So you know the beginning of the process was exploring how the how the technology which would actually come to life without mm. being a technical founder mm. <laughs> um, so it's like it's very hard because i'm not writing code i'm not an active like mm. it's very hard for me to because this stuff is really technical this is mm. like kind of technical stuff this is like mm. you, people like you are a genius <laughs> like what you know is incredible mm. and i and i and i don't know a lot of it so it was a lot of exploring you know it was very it was a blessing that early on Paul and the Sphinx team was very instrumental in helping us. Mm -hmm. Paul guided the process at the beginning. Like they were, you know, kind of helping, they helped us kind of fork their code mm -hmm. to build the first version of Zion mm -hmm. V1 that we put out to the market. And it was all I've been doing for a year and a half is building this narrative of and building the technology to be this like Bitcoin social experience for creators. Mm. We believe that we can be the Patreon on Lightning. Mm. We believe creators have a better way to monetize their fans through the Lightning Network than instead of through credit cards. Mm. We think that that's a real opportunity. We believe that censorship can be defeated through the Bitcoin standard. Mm. So these are all the narrative, the, the things that we believed. And you know, a year and a half later, we had this book come out. We've mm -hmm. gotten some of the best investors in the world. Like when I started this, I boot, I was self-funding the whole project mm -hmm. until the moment we went to market. Mm -hmm. The moment we went to market and we were like, I actually have an app that works. Mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what? Let me take some money from people because I think this is, needs to be a lot larger than me. Mm -hmm. That's when we started gathering investors that were like also influential people. That's why we got endorsers mm -hmm. that were part of the brand. Like JP's an endorser that was mm -hmm. endorser of the business. Tony's a, an investor in the business. Mm -hmm. Mark Moss and Aubrey Marcus that wrote the mm -hmm. quotes on the back are investors in the business. Like we wanted to just start building this collective of individuals that like this could be the first social product that's owned by creators. Mm. Well, I mean, that's kind of the idea. So let's let's get into Zion because it's a it's a very unique model. Um, explain how it's different than Facebook or Twitter or something like that. So so the first version was that we want people to own three things mm. in our environment. We want them to own their identity. We want to own all the things that they post mm -hmm. within the experience. And we want them to own the relationships they have through money. Mm. So how it's different than Facebook is mm -hmm. that Facebook is a centralized server mm. where you log in with a centralized ID and then you put all your content to Facebook and then Facebook decides who they want to do to mm. send content to. Mm. You have no rights on Facebook. You don't own anything at mm. the base layer. You, every, everything they own, and this is the factual inaccuracy. People say my Instagram or mm. my Facebook. It's not your anything. Mm. <laughs> you don't actually own anything on these systems. Mm. So we said, let's give people the opportunity to own their mm. identity for the mm. first time. And the first version was, you have to run your own lightning node and then that lightning node has a relay around it. And then those relays can uh, connect and speak to each other. Mm -hmm. We found that that's not a very scalable model. Mm -hmm. um, after a few months of launching, mm -hmm. we had 3000 people using the app. The second version of Zion V2, which is coming out in the next few weeks, allows you to have a DID. Mm -hmm. 
And then we use a decentralized web nodes, the decentralized web node spec that was built mm -hmm. by DIF. Mm -hmm. um, this is an implementation that Block is using for TV decks. Mm -hmm. And then you have a Lightning wallet. Mm -hmm. Those three things into one are our software and relay. Mm -hmm. And this is what allows creators and fans to communicate in a peer-to-peer -peer way using mm. DIDs, decentralized web nodes, and the Lightning Network. Mm. The interesting thing about Zon is that every post mm. is an active opportunity to exchange value, mm. every single post, right? Mm. So the comment that you make on a creator's content, the content itself, mm. every aspect of this application can be an active uh, mechanism for value to be exchanged, like a Lightning transaction to occur. Mm. And I think that's a really cool paradigm for social is like everything can be paid for. Mm -hmm. So now you as a regular user can be a professional consumer of content mm -hmm. because it's built on money. Mm -hmm. It's not an afterthought, right? Like mm -hmm. the lightning is the core of everything that we do, um, not an afterthought to what we mm -hmm. do. So what's it like if you had a native money mm -hmm. to a native social experience? Mm. So I can go and pay for some additional content that I'm curious about. Yeah. Okay. So it's like the the, the model could be like, Think of OnlyFans with Lightning. <laughs> oh, the model could be Patreon. You want to join a community mm -hmm. and you want to be and you want to support the creator. That could be another opportunity. Or it's like Instagram as well, where people just post photos and content. Mm. All of these opportunities are there because I believe the Lightning Network is the payment processing infrastructure of the creator economy mm. over the long term. Mm. Right, Jack wants to take care of retail. I want to take care of creators. <laughs> and you're 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 certainly uh, working in that direction. Um, so, tell me about um, like how you envision this thing going forward. Because you, you did have that V one, and you know, obviously, running your own Lightning node and putting the app on and everything. It's 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 a little bit of a heavy lift. Yeah. Uh, what's the difference with V two, and how how is it going to make it easier for creators? So the the onboarding experience is is very simple. It's mm. it's you're going to download an app from an app store. Mm. You're going to basically put in. Um, you're going to get a DID instantly, and then mm -hmm. we give you a Lightning wallet on top of that. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't require you to run a full node. Mm -hmm. We're using an LN Bits infrastructure on the mm -hmm. technical side that mm -hmm. a creator will have a full node, and you can share that. It would mm -hmm. be kind of a shared experience. And this LN Bits infrastructure is used by a lot of the wallets that mm -hmm. you that you see out there, so it's like kind of an open standard. So you'll be able to onboard instantly like any other app. Mm -hmm. But the difference is, you don't like we don't have a like something that we don't have a user table database. Mm -hmm. You have to have your private keys, your 12 word seed phrase that you control, but it's gonna be like any other app. And then if you wanna join communities, you have to fund your Lightning wallet. You can fund it with Cash App, you can fund mm -hmm. it with Strike, you can fund it with Moon. Any wallet can fund your Zion wallet. Um, and then you could go and transact with creators and communities. The whole point is we want this to be for everyone. We mm -hmm. want anyone to be able, without even knowing Lightning, mm -hmm. can download the application and instantly start engaging with fans and creators really quickly. Mm. Uh, and that that seems to be the direction you're going. So let's let's talk a little bit about the book because I think it lays out sort of like your vision based on that. Um, yeah. So uh, some really interesting things that I I, I thought were, that you pointed out in the book that were really good is uh, just how much of something like Facebook, Twitter, even traditional media is driven by ads and yeah. specifically by pharma companies, which is really scary given what, what what's 100%. been going on the last couple of years. Sponsored so, by Pfizer. Yeah, so <laughs> what, what, what's like, how does that affect your experience on, or the typical person's experience on these networks? So the question is when you're building a business, who is the product and who are you selling to, mm. right? For us, um, Zion, um, the 
customers are not the product. Mm. The product is the service that we provide. Mm. And our customers, in fact, are creators. Mm. The creators that want to go on the infrastructure, those are our customers. Mm. And we want to provide infrastructure for them to be able to create and build a better relationship with their audience. Mm. If you look at centralized social media, you as an individual are the product. Mm -hmm. And who they're selling to is a third-party advertiser to subsidize the cost. So their mm -hmm. job is to keep you addicted, mm -hmm. It's to manipulate you. It's to keep you in echo chambers. It's to make you say like, oh yeah, I agree with that or I don't agree with that. It's, get, mm -hmm. it's to get you riled up. This mm -hmm. is all open information. Mm -hmm. The business models are broken. Mm -hmm. The advertising business model, I think is broken for social media. And I, I think it creates more harm for us mm -hmm. than anything. So I wanted, to fund I wanted to fundamentally build a business that had a different model mm -hmm. in, in a way to monetize. And I think the opportunity is with Zion, you can, the, the community subsidizes to be on the mm -hmm. experience itself. And then with Lightning, it allows us to be very free with, you know, potentially how we monetize as a company as well. Like, I think the end state of our business is a marketplace model where mm -hmm. we're taking small amounts mm -hmm. of sats and every single transaction in the network. And that's how we subsidize the utility to keep running. Mm. Well, so what, what service are you providing besides, I guess, the development of the apps? Like, because... In a sense, it, 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 Lightning really is a peer-to-peer -peer network where I'm able to connect to whoever, and as long as I already have the software, like what 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 value are you providing? I guess I, I like, think the the client right uh -huh. the value is the client mm -hmm. right now is the experience that you can engage with the creator. Mm -hmm. It's fine that you can route a payment, but if mm -hmm. you can't see content, mm -hmm. so we're creating this spec. It's a you can spec. It's gonna mm -hmm. it's all in our open source code. Is how are we enabling you can to actually to like pay for content mm -hmm. so yes everything could be b mm -hmm. payment on the rails of lightning but if you want to pay for content individually inside of a great user experience that's mm -hmm. what we're providing like our software allows for that mm -hmm. so i think that's the value is that we're kind of this client that's the connector between creators and fans mm. i see so you're you're going to um develop software that makes it easier for people to connect and so on that's that's the application that's the end state what, what of the about application. the what about the marketplace though because I, I i think that that also seems to have potential so so the marketplace the way i describe the marketplace is the business model in the mm -hmm. sense of that if every piece of content is an active transaction mm -hmm. then there's an opportunity that if we took a certain fee on every single transaction mm -hmm. that's how we could monetize mm -hmm. the proxy for this is zion launched in august and we, we only launched to a small group of individuals, but we processed 110,000 forward transactions mm -hmm. between our routing nodes, mm -hmm. between individuals. And this is in our closed network because mm -hmm. we have leaf nodes mm -hmm. connecting through routing nodes. So I looked at that and I said, wow, with about 3,000 people mm -hmm. over six months, 120,000 transactions, not a huge amount of SATs moved, mm -hmm. but they were transactions nonetheless. Mm -hmm. This is the end state business model. If you mm -hmm. get enough people on this thing, and there's enough transactions occurring, then the way that Zion will make money is through the small amount of, you know, mm -hmm. the, the percentages of these smaller transactions. And if I look at the proxy, you have OnlyFans that takes 30%, you have Patreon that takes 10%, mm -hmm. because they have credit card processors, they have yeah. banks, they have all these rails that they have to sit on, they take 2%, this takes 4%, this takes 1%. If I did that through Lightning, I could make it a much smaller transaction fee, mm -hmm. allow for instant remains mm -hmm. an instant settlement to the creator. Mm -hmm. That's a much better version of all these other applications. Mm. And that's that's really cool. I mean, I mean, do you see this sort of like 
being available to people in the developing world and stuff 100%. like that. The app, the app, the app that, that's, the, that's the thing about the V2 is that we didn't want to restrict anyone that if they didn't have a node, mm -hmm. if they didn't, if you have a phone that can access an app store mm -hmm. and you can download an application, you can create a DID for free and you can create a lightning wallet for free. Mm. You can do those two things. And then from that experience, you can start earning. If you want to create a community and people, and you start creating content and people find value of it, you can start earning as a creator instantly with the application. We're trying to remove the friction as much as possible, but I didn't know this a year ago. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that this techno this technology wasn't available a year ago. The, the centralized web node spec isn't officially launched until July 1st of this year, July mm -hmm. 1st of 2022. If we didn't have the relationships we did, we wouldn't have known <laughs> about it, right? So we're, we're, we're sitting on the bleeding edge a lot of this stuff. Mm. Wow. So sounds like you're uh, you're very much uh, uh, you know progressing on this. Um, so what what's coming up next? What 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 are you um, going to do with Zion? I guess uh, you got V two coming up. You got some other releases. You know we've been talking about how busy we were. What what, what are you busy with? This I, I want to get this app to our community as fast as possible. Okay. I, I want I want like my hundred percent focus is this product. Mm -hmm. um, the book was a catalyst to just understand our thinking, mm -hmm. why we are approaching things in this way. But 100%, I want to get this product to market because I think the world needs it. The world mm -hmm. deserves it. The world should not, we, we shouldn't be at the quell of billionaires, mm. right? Like we have, obviously, Elon's trying to control, take over Twitter, but the business model is still broken. No matter mm -hmm. what he does, he has shareholders, he has to subsidize costs through advertising, like, that's the reality of the current state of their business. Everyone wants a censorship resistant product. Everyone's talking mm -hmm. about it. It's at the ether of everything. So I think this is the way that it's going to be done. And we just want to get there as fast as anybody else. Mm. Interesting. Definitely true. All right. So we're, we're coming up towards the end of the hour. So where can people uh, find you? Where can people contact you? Um, just my name on the internet, Justin Resvani. Mm -hmm. I'm on Twitter. And then I post some stuff on Instagram here and there. The company Zion. If you search Zion Bitcoin, it's the only thing that will pop up. Mm. And yeah, you can find me on the internet. This was a pleasure. Yeah, and you can you can go download a node pretty soon, or uh, you, you'll, you'll, you'll be, be able, able to, to download the app. I mean, if you want to get on, mm -hmm. if you go on the website and just put your email in, you'll be the first to know about mm -hmm. our launch. But we're we're launching very soon with all the well we have thousands of current customers uh -huh. that are using the app we close uh -huh. that off uh -huh. they're going to be the first ones to get the first version uh -huh. so if you're a customer already thank you for being mm -hmm. a customer the next version will be launched very very soon in the next few weeks all right well very excited to see how that goes because obviously um you know censorship and stuff like that is a is a big deal right now it's a big problem Unchained Capital is a sponsor of this podcast. I'm an advisor to the company. I know the team well, and I'm excited for what they are building. If you need multi-sig collaborative custody or a Bitcoin native financial services partner, learn more at Unchained.com. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Bitcoin Fixes This. Justin can be found at at Justin Resvani on Twitter and getzion.com. Until next time, fiat delenda est.